May all beings be happy. May all beings be healthy. May all beings be free from harm. May all beings love life. May all beings awaken. Welcome to another Gook Audio Podcast. I'm DC, Pubov Gook Audio and Gook Archives, doing our bit to preserve the legacy of Shunju Suzuki and those whose paths cross his. And anything else that comes to mind? I pray that you and yours are safe and comfortable, free from economic hardship, and able to get out and do whatever it is you want within the limitations of universal precept of do as little harm as possible. So today we have a guest, Leland Smithson, who we call Lee. Lee came very young to Zen Center from Vancouver, uh, but you'll hear all about that. Uh, one thing I do want to say, though, uh, go into a little, is the stuff he's written. Now, um, he doesn't have a cute page yet. He, he, I have put a number of things he wrote on, but somehow I didn't get a single page to link to the promo and all that. So I'm going to make that after this. I'll, I'll make that before I upload the podcast. So it'll be there. Leland Smithson, you can just write Smithson or Leland in the site search box and it'll zip to it. And you can see some of the stuff he's written. Uh, he's got stuff in uh, uh, Zen Mores, <laughs> in uh, ZC Stories, spinoffs in ZC Stories, uh, some other stuff he, he's written there. <laughs> And uh, anyway, uh, but uh, aside from that, there's no mention there. If you go to Amazon.com or wherever you uh, shop, your independent bookstore, if there are any left near you, um, and you look at books in print, uh, you'll go to Leland Smithson, L-E-A-N-D Smithson, uh, and he has written some, uh, I don't know what you call them, uh, fantasy books, science fiction. Uh, here's one. The I mean, these are serious books. Uh, the Imago Shell, 2019. Amalgam, The Bonding Twin, 2015. Oh, there's a fiction anthology. I guess he's in it. Uh, cross-time science fiction anthology. I don't see his name there, but he's it's listed with his name. And then Aurelius Fountain, 2015. Geomorph, 2015. He published a bunch in 2015. I guess he'd been working on them and got his nerve up and did it. Uh, I guess that's it. That's pretty, that's plenty. Huh. All right. Well, uh, good for you, Lily. Wow. Um, okay. Well, look, uh, not much else to say. Let's see what's happening on the front here. My son, Clay, his wonderful mate, April, uh, they're delightful 
one-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Isla, have been visiting here for a few weeks, and they've got, uh, yeah, a few weeks left. Uh, and uh, it's been great. It's been raining a lot here. Uh, uh, you know, it'll rain some when it's not the rainy season. Rainy season here in Bali is like, you know, November through March in there. It's rained a lot for the last week. And uh, uh, we're planning on going to this island. We were planning on going today, but we had to cancel that and go tomorrow. The boats aren't even running because it's too rough. It's 30-minute fast boat ride. So it, I think the boats will be running tomorrow because it hadn't been raining at all here today. It didn't last night. And... Um, Oh, it was a little windy this morning when I went out to walk early. But uh, if the boats are running, it'll still probably be a fairly rough crossing, you know, which means you go up, bang, bang, down, up, bang, bang. Uh, and it's really nice when there's a smooth crossing, but we'll see. Also, we'll be taking a chance of getting stuck over there. Um, so we'll see. Um, I'm not so worried about it. Um, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> I remember that happened. That has happened. People getting stuck over there, and some people they have to get back. They pay five hundred bucks for a helicopter ride. Uh, hmm. Okay. Well. Uh, let's see. What else? Oh, I just want to say one little thing. Uh, we had some problems here I called uh, uh, Komang I call him Komang Pompa because I he's he uh, fixed a problem we had in our pump our pump just kept going on and off on and off and that's the tiniest little leak I'd have to go find it or shut off there'd be some toilet that was just running infinitesimally and you know I asked our regular plumber I said, didn't you know? I put in pumps where you have a, you you have, it'll, it won't do that. It'll, it'll wait till the pressure's down, and then bang, start again. So, you know, uh, but but this one, I just would start, and stop, and start. And stop. It was driving me crazy. So, um, this uh, I, I met this. This other Coman, both of them are Coman, and uh, he said, "Oh, you you should try a York Automatis uh, on it." And then I, I read the instructions on the box, and it said that specifically it'll stop that problem because it won't start again until a, a leader has leaked. So that's fine, and. Um, that uh, changed our life here. Changed mine. <laughs> I have to think about those things. But anyway, uh, he came over and uh, fixed some things. And uh, he had, his long hair was gone. And uh, Katrinka said, oh, you cut your hair. And he said, yeah, I had a baby. My wife had a baby. And I said, oh, is that a thing? You, you guys cut their hair here if their wife has a baby? He said, yeah. And I checked with uh, another local. And he said, yeah. I thought that was interesting. Uh, 
like sort of purifying yourself or something like that. Uh, oh, and I, I know one thing I mentioned in the podcast um, that, because oh, that, that podcast was done like three months ago or something. I mentioned uh, that I was going with our, our housekeeper and her husband uh, and her kids to the mother temple for a ceremony. And uh, I would, I didn't know what the ceremony was about, but I do now. It was just the birthday of the temple, but it's the important temple. So like everybody in Bali was going there, I swear, uh, for a whole period of like a week or two, uh, people were going there. And um, that was great. We had two little ceremonies, and they're very simple. I really like them. Uh, they just pour a little water in your hand, and then you, you cup your hand. Oh, you got to put, I think it's the right hand over the left. See, I'm used to the, the mudra, uh, the, the Zen mudra, or maybe it's the Buddhist mudra, you put the left hand over the right, and only Buddha sits with the right hand over the left. So it's just totally natural for me to put the left hand, but I think the guy was pouring the water. It's not like, a, it's a little different for a mudra. You cup your hands so you can keep water in it. He pouring the water in there. He changed my hands, so the right hand was over the left. I'm pretty sure. Uh, anyway, pours it in, take a sip. Pours it in, take a sip. Pours it in, and you can pretend to take a sip if you're worried where the water came from. Take a sip, and then the fourth one, sometimes the fifth one. I don't know. You just sort of watch what others are doing. Then you just splash it in your face, put it on your head. It's not a lot. And then, oh, before they do that, sprinkle water on you. And and before that. You know, there's these little baskets of flowers. You take flower, and you're sort of like a gasho, you bow. And then you put the flower, like, I wear a special head thing. You know, I wear a sarong, a special head thing, and then I put the flower in it or something. And then about three times you you bow with, like, flowers. Uh, and, you know, it's just very simple stuff like that. You don't have to think anything. You don't have to believe anything. You just sit there and you're doing it with other people and it's nice. So we had a couple of those. Well, since uh, Clay, uh, April, and Isla are here, we arranged to go to the Mother Temple last Saturday for full moon, Bernama. And uh, so that's the, you know, I'd asked Kadek, the housekeeper, I said, uh, we should take them up there. That's really a trip, and it's it's really, it's not one temple. It's got like, depending on how you count, it's got over 40 temples. Uh, and uh, I think 23 major ones and 20 minor ones. But if you count little tiny ones, it's more. But... Um, so they're all over. So uh, we went there, and oh God, you got to walk up, 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 up to it. Uh, but uh, that that was all right. And then uh, we had the first one where we just sit with the group, and they're doing they're just doing it all day in front of one temple. And then we go to, went to another one. Um, it's more like a shrine. This is their family temple. There, I mean, they use the word pura for temple, but it's even used for tiny little shrines or altars, you know, so it's everything from something giant to something tiny. Although they can call the, like the home altar, the home one, uh, uh, 
Sangha, Sangha, just like Buddha Sangha. Uh, so we went to their family one. Now this isn't their small family. This is like the the uh, the uh, what do you call it? Uh, the Turunan. That means the falling. The the uh, lineage, lineage. So there will be a you know a, a wide group of people that are in that lineage. We went to that temple, and we had another one of them. So it's neat. And, um, you know, they don't, uh, uh, tourists don't normally get in to do that. It was neat, you know. Uh, so we had a good time. So uh, that's all I have to say. I just wanted to wrap a little about what we were up to. And uh, they're gone a lot, which actually I like. Uh, one thing about having people come is, you know, feeling obligated to take them around. And um, I don't like to get in cars and go places so much anymore. But Clayman, he rented a motorbike. It's pretty cheap. Uh, and they've been going places, and we just tell them where to go, what to do. They did do a an all-day trip with, uh, with uh, uh, another driver who took them to a bunch of places that were far away. It was an all-day trip, leaving early in the morning and coming back at night at night. And they loved that. Uh, they went to this Tanlat, the most famous temple here, which is like on a little tiny outcropping off in the ocean. And it's got a little cave there back on the land with snakes in it. And you can hold the snakes. And there'll be a priest there. And uh, there's priests on the island too. And they purify you with water. And um, they did that. They went to the, to the butterfly uh, park uh and that's neat and it's neat to get there early so they left really early because the butterflies are out uh, uh mainly in the morning and uh then they went to Batumriku, uh a uh, really uh neat uh, beautiful temple they loved it more elaborate temples here are pretty plain they don't have a lot of statues or anything like that they're they're more like hollow they're they're almost Related to like Muslim, uh, uh, you know, shrines and temples which don't have any representation of anything. Um, and uh, although I know Buddhism, I mean Hinduism does, and and you know they talk about Brahma and Vishnu and Shiva and stuff here, but they're really into the the animism uh, spirits, and so there's no representation. So they're the farthest thing from Muslim, but they don't have any statues, although some do. You know, they have, it's more like the protector, guardian deities in uh, Zen temples. Uh, and, oh, and they went to a warm spring. They call it hot spring here, but it's a warm spring, and they got in the water there. And they then they went to Jati Louis, the most famous uh, rice you know, it's this giant valley of of, of rice terraces and uh, paddies, this giant sawak, and it has the uh, the famous Balinese um, irrigation system, which was uh, developed here centuries ago, which keeps it all watered really. You know, it keeps the water flowing through it, and yeah, with all these little tiny uh, gates and things. 
uh, what's that called? The Subak. Um, and then on the way home, they went to this. I, I said, you got to go to to Dadari for dinner. Dadari's like a, an angel or a, mm, better than that, like a, like a, uh, what would you say? Like a fairy or uh, a goddess, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, and uh, that's, a, a, you know, it's got like little huts where you sit around a lake uh, and uh, they were, you know, it's really nice. So they had a wonderful day on that. So their daughter, Isla, went with them on that trip because it was a car and Kadek was there to help with Isla so they could, you know, see things. I mean, when they got to Jati Lui, they, they ran down trails into the, into the valley and walked all over there. It's, it's great walking. Down there, it's all this neat stuff, you know. Uh, I'm just super picturesque. <laughs> uh, but uh, they, they don't take Isla on a motorbike. Now, they did once. Um, and um, then we forbade it. Uh, we just, you know, and, but it's, it's, everybody does it here. Taking babies on motorbikes and just holding them in your arms is done all the time, everywhere. And uh, motorbikes, uh, you, I wouldn't be surprised if you've seen pictures of it. It's not only in Indonesia, it's all over Asia and probably other countries, I don't know. But um, families on motorbikes. Uh, I have seen a family of five on a motorbike with two dogs. Uh, <laughs> that was the most extreme. But it's not uncommon to see four like mommy, daddy, and two little kids, uh, uh, and dogs on motorbikes. <laughs> anyway, no, we said no. So, uh, you know, we have uh, Kadek, and uh, we have another housekeeper that uh, comes when Kadek's not here. So we can have help anytime. Uh, and uh, we sort of split it. You know, it's like if they're gone and Kadek, our katoot are here, uh, you know, uh, probably uh, it's split three ways. Katrinka, me, and one of them. But they're not here all the time. So sometimes it's just Katrinka and me, and sometimes it's just Katrinka, and sometimes it's just me. We like to give them some freedom because, you know, they've. Uh, it's just the two of them and her in a country where— you don't get much help uh, taking care of her just naturally. I mean, there, we don't time it out, uh, but it's pretty easy, and she's really easy to be with. In fact, both of Clay's daughters, his, his uh, five-year-old Lucia's back, they were just really nice and really easy to be with and take care of. They're delightful. It's really great. And Clay was a lot of trouble as a kid. So it's uh, really interesting, huh? <laughs> uh, I mean, he was fun as a little kid. Uh, it was really aggressive. His, his favorite thing was running and charging me and smashing into me. Uh, <laughs> they're out. They, 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 they went to see, to see the Indiana Jones movie today because they thought it was going to rain, but it hadn't been raining. The movie theaters here are really nice. Uh, you know, a lot of places I've been in Asia, things are newer than in America. In America, like all this stuff was developed 
but a lot of it's old. Where you're in Asia, uh, a lot of stuff is new. Uh, this sort of thing, like movie theater. Movie theaters here are just really nice, and they have VIP sections. They have you can go eat and lounge. I really don't like that. I just want to sit, sit up, have it be quiet, no one bothering me. Although, I have probably averaged one movie every two years here in a theater, but they're nice. Anyway, I just wanted to share a little of all that. Uh, so, look, I'm going to give Leland a call now just as soon as we've had our pause to meditate. So, when you hear the bell, if you're of such a mind, hit pause. Meditate or whatever for as long as you wish. And when you're ready to come back, hit unpause, and we'll be here to hit the bell to end the meditation or whatever. And uh, we'll give Leland Smithson a call, so to speak. Hello there. Lee. Hey, David. How are you? All right. How are you doing? I'm okay. Where are you? Bali. Oh, wow. That's what I, I thought. It must be morning time there or something, huh? Yeah, it's uh, a little after 11 in the morning. Oh, okay. okay. So, so at 11, we start calling it. Uh, Siang, which is like 11 to 3. Uh, wow. No. Um, Siesta time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so where are you? Well, I'm in San Rafael, California. Oh. Oh, yeah. 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 So what are you up to? Well, uh, I got uh, I got married recently. To oh. a woman I've been with for about eight years. Oh, well, congratulations. Well, thank you. And she was a student of uh, of Bachhorst, who just died. Oh, right? yeah. I was really sorry I missed that, the uh, funeral. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I felt really bad about that. Um, yeah. Uh, hmm. Well, anyway. Yeah, no. Yeah. So what do, what do you want to talk about? What we're talking about right now. Uh, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So she was a student of Layla's. You know, I when we lived in uh, San Rafael for two years before we came here, I would go sit with Layla on the morning yeah. she sat. Uh and I'd sit with the other groups. There were like five groups in that area. I'd sit yeah. with like once a week, uh, not always. But um, Layla was my favorite because she didn't give a, a long talk or anything. And I, I got to where I had to get up. I just went and sat and left 
because I yeah. couldn't listen to yeah. all those talks uh, during the yeah, week. Exactly. Yeah. And she'd just read a little something yeah. for 10 minutes and it was great. Yeah. No, she, she was, she was good. Yeah. I always remember Layla. That was at Tassajara. We were all together there and you were there and, and she was there with her, with her husband at the time. And uh, I just, I never really got, you know, close to her, but I always felt her, uh, her presence. And I always, there was something about her. I don't know. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, she, she had a beautiful vibe. And incidentally, her husband then, uh, it was her husband up until when she died, Jim Bockhorst. Uh, He's a yeah no he's a great guy too yeah yeah no kidding ex- yeah ex- yeah really good to work with I worked with him and and Layla uh, did a lot of work for Cuke Archives you know the thing I do which I really appreciate oh, yeah she was wow. really okay. really high end uh, typist uh, transcriber she transcribed a wow. lot of uh, okay. interviews. And and not long before she yeah. died, she did. Uh, she uh, transcribed, uh, you know, listened to the tape. Uh, one of the newly found uh, Suzuki Roshi um, uh, audio tapes. Oh really? Oh yeah. my goodness! So that's great. Yeah. You know, I didn't know that about. That. I, I didn't know that at all. Wow. Yeah. Um. Hmm. So, so David, what, what made you move over to uh, to Bali over to there? Because you've been over there for a little while now, right? Yeah, this is our tenth year. Um, oh well, we could, you know, and we had a little money and knew yeah. it would last longer and stayed because we can live at a much higher standard of living here than we can in America. The people are very nice, and really, yeah. nothing's more important to me than I can concentrate on work here really well better than anywhere wow. uh yeah uh but tomorrow i am being taken away from my noble work uh our uh, housekeeper uh, uh her family is going to the mother temple a couple of hours away for a uh-huh. ceremony that comes up in their family or whatever, I don't know, their neighborhood or something, every three years. And so uh, they uh-huh. asked me to go with them. So uh, they're picking me up wow. at 7 in the morning. And she brought by uh, a white shirt because I have to be in white. But she said wow. s- some tan <laughs> pants would be right. And, and I wear a sarong. Uh, but... I have like two sarongs, but she won't accept them. She'll bring one for me that she thinks is right. She dresses me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, now. Yeah, you have to. You have, you have to. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, go on. Well, I was just wondering. I was gonna, you know, you got to be in the back of a bike too, right? A bike. I don't. I don't get on. I don't get on motorbikes. <laughs> Uh, it's deadly over there. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe once a year I will for a short run when I, I need to. And Katrinka will. You know, they've got a, a helmet yeah. law here. Uh, and mm-hmm. um, and and uh, traffic is less dangerous here than there. It doesn't go as fast. And people are very considerate. Yeah. Uh, 
drivers. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, but wow. yeah, I don't like to get on motorbikes. Um, they're, you know, they're, they're I like have 30 times the accident death rate that cars do. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I drive, I drive one, I drive one here. I've got a Ducati. I kind of go up and down the coast between here and Canada uh, a couple times a year. Wow. So I, I enjoy the bike. Well, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I know people do well. Uh, be careful. Um, no, uh, I don't okay. like to get in cars either, uh, but I'll have to get yeah. in one right. And they'll let me sit in the front. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, we, we walk a lot here. So now, yeah. so what do you do in, what are you doing these days in uh, San Rafael? Well, I'm, you know, essentially I have sort of retired just last year. And um, so I'm in that transition zone between having some sort of a regular job that I used to have, which was, you know, um, I worked on movie sets uh, doing painting and plastering and that kind of stuff, mm. and scenic painting and that kind of stuff. So and then and, and, and I was in commercial work in a union in San Francisco. But I just sort of stopped all that. And now I'm sort of... Um, I have a Canadian pension and a, an American pension. Wow, good so for it, you. Yeah, so so it's kind of like, uh, so I'm trying to figure out, you know, how to not keep busy. I don't want that. I want to be creative and do a lot of reading and stuff. But, you know, it's at that transition zone between where your life is laid out from morning to night with your daily work and all that means, and then suddenly there's there's no roadmap in front of you. There's no road, you know. Yeah. And so I'm sort of dealing with that. It's a sense of meaning, and you know, you you realize all that meaning came out of the things that you did on a regular basis as part of survival, you know, in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And now, you know, so. How do you how do you garner meaning, uh, you know, uh, from nothing that's in front of you? I mean, I, I guess this is where practice would come in, and yeah, so I'm gonna we're gonna go back into to sitting zazen. I haven't really practiced for years, but um, mm. well, yeah. so so it's always there waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I swim in the bay too. I've run into. Reb Anderson and his wife, she goes down there alone. And, and I got introduced to uh, the bay through Peter Vandersteer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we swim in, swim in the bay there. I'm I'm really, that's an enjoyable thing. At, there, at the so. Polar Bear Club? <laughs> the Dolphin Club, yeah. <laughs> oh, the Dolphin Club. Right, right, right. Yeah, but we do, we do, we do the Polar Bear Swim every year. You know, it's a, it's a, what is it? If you're under 60, it's uh, 40 miles uh, in three months. So it's December 21st to March 21st. You got to get 40 miles in in the water. Wow. And, and then you get a polar bear sort of uh, souvenir. You know what I mean? What if you're over? Well, what age did you say? Over? What if you're over 60? Well, then you only have to do 20. 
All but, right. Um, yeah. Yeah, but but I still do forty. You know, I try to do forty every year. Oh, so. that's excellent. That's excellent. I yeah. I swim no. out here uh, in the uh, ocean year round uh, inside a wow. reef, but it's it's yeah. sometimes uh, it's a little cool. That's about. If you get out in beyond the reef, uh, it can be, it can, you know, uh, be a little cold. Uh, it can be somewhat Ooh. cold. Uh, oh, it is. The, wa- the water there is cold, huh? I thought well, you if you get beyond the reef in the open water, it can feel it. But you don't need a wetsuit or anything, you know. It could right. just. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe it'd be like. Uh, 70 years. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. But inside the reef, yeah, it's yeah. usually pretty nice. Uh, and I, I don't swim okay. outside the reef. Um, yeah. No, I'd be, I'd be worried about sharks and stuff like that. You know, I never hear about sharks here. Uh, I've never, mm-hmm. never mm-hmm. heard about a shark. Or a tsunami. I don't think there's any tsunami history here. Uh, wow. Uh, and uh, we live pretty near the ocean. Um, there's some what, islands the out what's there. The that, oh, okay. That might break a tsunami. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, what's the name of your town? Sanur, S-A-N-U-R. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, um, hmm. Well, uh, now... What you're from Canada, right? Yeah, originally from Vancouver. Yeah. Oh, what a yeah. great and, place! And Wonderful place. Huh? <laughs> yeah, well, it's nice to be able to go between. You know, go back and forth. It gets cold up there and rainy, and you come down here, and it's like pretty nice. Uh-huh. Um, you, you know, I just I, I just saw Janie and um, and Taro. Um, they both moved up to Washington State. Now, wait a minute. Tell me who who can you use? Janie, Janie, Janie Okamura. Janie. And, and who? Uh, and who? And Taro, Taro Smithson. Taro, my son. I have a son that's 35. Oh, yeah. I thought you were visiting him in Seattle. Yeah, no, he's up there in Seattle. Yeah, and so his mom was up there visiting, uh huh. And so we all hung out. So he's he's staying, he's hanging out with my family up there, which is my half sister, and she's got a large family, and she's a real estate person. So he's getting connected to the whole uh, Seattle scene, uh, and it, it you know it does nothing but good for them to get out of California, really. Yeah, good. yeah. Jenny didn't tell me that. We're we're in occasional contact, you know. And oh, okay. Uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, Taro helped me um, move my storage and everything before we left for here. Uh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And um, uh, I have I have heard from him since then, but uh, yeah, it's good to hear about him. That's good. That's good. Um, he's hmm. doing good. He's doing good too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. Um, so <laughs> you you came from Canada. So um, what, what, how did your life progress from there? I mean, I I I met you at Tassahara, 
What happened between yeah. your birth and Tassahara that would have led you to Tassahara? <laughs> okay, that's a yeah because I did those two little write up things in in and kook dot com right that sort of right. describe being in Tassahara and so on. So my t- for getting there, let's see. Um, well, you know, I think I think it's like evolution. Uh, when something oppresses you or you are under pressure or something, you float off in a different direction. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you you try to you try to you know, and survival is really you know, when people are compressed or or oppressed, they find a way out, they find a way forward. Yeah. And that's usually an evolution. So for me, uh in my teens, my mom left my dad and she took my sister with her back east to his family in Toronto. So it was my dad and I. So there was a breakup in the family when I was 13. So I think that was a kind of, um, you know, I I can't really, you know, try to, to imagine that there was, so there's a lot of, yeah, so I kind of went off a little bit on the deep end there. And then my dad sort of, I, I had to go to work because I quit school. Mm. And so I went off to logging camp. So he got me lined up with a guy who could go down. And when I was, uh, like basically 14, I was working my first logging camp. I was working, the, you know, so wow. then in a camp, in a logging camp at like, I think it was 15, I was there reading on Taoism, books on Taoism. And then I read the, then the Be Here Now book by Ram Dass. Yeah. You know, I got that. And I was reading that. And then there was a section in there on uh, Tassahara and uh, Suzuki Roshi. Yeah. And, um, and it, and it wrote there was a phone number. I remember there was a phone number, right? And and I thought, wow, it's like this is not just a fantasy book. That there's a phone number I can call. Ah. So I called that number, and it was direct to Tassahara. <laughs> so I was talking with someone at Tassahara from a logging camp in Canada, and you know because I was trying to meditate. I was trying to do something that, you know, was, you know, so I was seeking in some sense. And, you know, I got a hold of someone through the staticky line and I was talking. I said, well, I'd like to come there. I'd like to come there. And uh, they said, well, you you have to first go to the city. You have to go to San Francisco. You have to go to 300 page street. So, uh, you know, so then I kind of made as much money as I could after then he, then that was it. And uh, I took a bus down and there I was. I arrived at the San Francisco Zen Center, uh, 300 Page Street. And there was Tommy Dorsey, is uh, the first uh, guest student manager. Ah, what year <laughs> was I that? Was, uh, right? That was 1973. It was, I think, a year after Suzuki Roshi died. He died in 71 in December. Oh, it might have been. It might have been. Well, it's a, a, a year. I thought it was, well, maybe I was there in 72. Yeah. But I can't really remember. It was 72 or 70, but I heard it was a year after. And um, so, you know, I don't remember what that was exactly, but I was there. Peter Vandersteer, we were the first, Tommy Dorsey's first guest students. So uh-huh. it was Peter Vandersteer and myself. <laughs> 
the young logger from Canada. Ah, ah. You know, well, yeah. in, so that's in, how I got there. In 72, <laughs> I was the work leader in the building. So you might remember that. Yeah. And then in 73, I, I was at Green Gulch. Okay. So that well, might... So 73, that would have been the very beginning when they, was, was that when they were first converting those buildings that had been given over to, it had been given over to Zen Center? Which buildings? Well, I, I don't know. The Green Gulch was, in 1973 was the year I had to spend six months there. So it was, I think it was 73 that I was in the city. So maybe I missed you. Maybe yeah. you went to. You, you so uh I was working you know, so I lived outside the building until the max the minimum the maximum amount of time I needed to or the minimum amount of time in order to get to Tassara. Yeah. And then I and then I it, it took me eight months or whatever, I went to work and then I came back and then I went to Tassara. So and that was the time that and then Tassahara, when I went to Tassahara, that's the the that's the year the big snowfall happened, right? The fire and the snowfall. Not the fire, but the, the big snowfall where you hiked in. Oh, that Peter, was Peter uh, that was seventy four. Okay, so seventy four was when I went first to Tassar because we followed you after I came with John Bales and um, uh, and the other Harvard guy. I forgot his name. So we went in on John snowshoes. Steiner. Guys, yeah. John Steiner. No. No, not John Steiner. It was, uh, it was a, no, no, it was, it was, uh, John Bales and, uh, and I forgot the other guy's name. I can picture him, but I, it yeah. wasn't John Steiner. We had so many people from Harvard. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so, and that was quite, that was, those were quite the events, really, you know, uh, climbing over that mountain and everything that followed. Uh-huh. That could have been, was I the head monk or the director? Uh, well, I don't know what you were at the Sahara because you had come in ahead of me, ahead of us by like, a few days or something. Oh, all right. Then that was head month. We See, came in that, I thought you were putting yeah, us we together. Came in that. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was heavy, oh, heavy so you came snow. In to be, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. And you guys didn't have any uh, snowshoes or anything. Right. You, you must have been. You know, that was an interesting. <laughs> oh, it took us 24 hours. It was an ordeal. Uh, well, well, that it was. Yeah. That's, you know, something. That was really dangerous, actually. No, it you was. Know, I mean, that's it was. I was crawling yeah. through three feet of snow, and uh, Peter Overton and uh, uh, Susan. Uh, yeah, I think she was Susan Burns then before they got married. They went together. Yeah, and she could walk on top of it, but he and I were too heavy. And uh, too heavy. <laughs> oh, I mean, we walked. We we continued. Uh, you know, I just said, "Don't worry, we'll just keep going." It's, it's not. You know, it's a limited. It was just on on top for a few miles that was really hard. But uh, yeah, I, I was on crutches after that, 
And uh, well, twenty four hours. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then I didn't ring the wake up bell uh, because my <laughs> leg hurt. And then, uh, uh, and then uh, in my shoe so ceremony, Richard Baker uh, uh, dressed me down for not ringing the wake up bell, and he was right because at some point I could have started ringing it. But after that, <laughs> I rang the wake up bell for the next five months. And and I think when I was yeah. director for a year, I rang it for some people that couldn't. I rang the wake up bell yeah. so much I made up for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, that was yeah. that was uh, very unwise and uh hmm. Uh yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so that was so my, that was my first training period was when you were head monk then. Yeah. Yeah. And so Dana did. So I sat. I sat Tangario with Dana Danteen. Ah, that was my partner for Tangario. Yeah. Ah, wow. wow. Yeah, it's. I don't. I don't know what's happened with all these people, but you well, know. We don't know what's happened with Dana. He just sort of disappeared. Well, Dana had. About, he had a lot of money. He could just take off. Yeah. Yeah. About five years ago, I can't remember how long he was in a men's group, uh, and um, I don't know, he just disappeared. But, um, hmm, yeah, maybe we'll hear from him again. I really liked him. Uh, no, he, he was a cool guy, actually. And, yeah, um, yeah. well, you know, his father, his father was Helmut Dantine, right? And he was uh -huh. a famous, uh, movie actor that played he played german commanders in the movies so he made a lot of money he was in um, casablanca uh he was probably the, probably he, he was no he was he, he was the uh okay. german officer or whatever who he, he played yep. a game of pool or something and let somebody else win or something I can't remember it now, but uh, what he did uh, later on is he produced movies. Uh, he produced movies for Sam oh. Peckinpah and, and wow. worked with Peckinpah and, and uh, yeah. Oh, well, that's amazing. Yeah. So, so Dana, and I think he, did he, I think he married a woman also that had a fair amount of wealth at, at there, but he, he didn't. He was basically spending his time just managing the wealth, in a sense. You know that was uh, his dad died, and you know he. Inherited, I don't know about so, that. He, he had a brother. Well, I, uh, yeah, oh yeah, and and uh, they they had to do something with it. His father was very concerned okay. about him, and and uh, really, uh, they had a difficult relationship, and his father really wanted. Dana to be happy and and uh, he, he didn't want him to be restricted by Tassahara yeah. and uh, actually we his father and and I uh, uh, had a sort of secret relationship uh, when I was in L.A. Uh, he'd wow. take me out to dinner. He wanted to hear about Dana. When he came to San Francisco, he'd take me out and uh, ask about Dana. Um, wow. And uh, that was like, uh, you know, it was like very, very important to him. Uh, yeah. 
and uh, he huh. he ate at Greens once. Uh, with, yeah. uh, you know, and Dane had been working at Greens and, uh, yeah. but anyway, uh, yeah. And mm. Dana, Dana also, along with some other people, he started to swim at the Dolphin Club a little bit too. Oh, is that uh, right? Way back. Yeah, he did a little bit there too. He wasn't a full fledged, you know, guy going in all the time, but he was, uh, he was swimming there with some of them. Yeah. Yeah. Peter mm. Magister, I think. And, Mm. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Um, I'd be wondering what's happened to him. Yeah. 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 Um, so, as I recall, you uh, when you came to Tassar in '74, you were 19. Is that right? No, 17. <gasps> oh, 17. So you know, yeah, you you and um, Ken Berman. Did you ever meet Ken Berman? Um, Kim or Ken K E N. Well, there was a. Uh, I I didn't meet him. I I met there was a kid from Montreal. I think that was really young that came, but no, I don't remember him. He when Kim. Ken Berman was there uh, when Suzuki Roshi was there, uh, and he oh, was okay. he was there very young, like you. I mean, seventeen. Wow. At you know, I mean, it's sort of an adult, really. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but I've seen I've seen females uh, take to yeah. practice younger, but it was very rare for wow. a male to until they got. You know, twenty or older. Um, yeah, so I remember that. You were a trailblazer. <laughs> well, well, for the for the males, I guess the male side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, only because only because I only because I didn't know what I was doing, David. <laughs> oh, is that right? And you think other people did? Probably. And you think other people knew well, what they were I, doing? <laughs> I don't know. They they certainly made the appearance that they did. Yeah, I no. think I don't know. It's the best thing uh, to say uh, about other people. We don't know what's happening with them. Um, well, so what was it like at um, Tassara for you? Well, it was it was well it was both a wonderful adventure. But it was also that I could tell that I was not like everyone around me, you know, being young and and, and it could have been my own sort of uh, isolation. I don't know. And going to logging camps when I was young and this and that. But uh, I I just always felt, uh, you know, isolated. I don't know. Mm. I mean, not really. I I loved Linda Cutts. You know, and uh, mm. I had friends there for sure, but there was an age gap between me. So most everyone else was uh, e- easily out of college, right? Uh, at least out of college. Yeah. And here I was, just kind of this guy from a logging camp. You know, um, you know, was reading on his own basically. So mm. I felt the sort of solitary. I, I felt a lot of. Not isolated. I felt more solitary. Uh-huh. Um, like uh-huh. I, I really couldn't. Uh, yeah, so I was learning, you know, and 
people would tell me stuff and I, and I felt like I was just a sponge sort of sucking up, you know, just absorbing whatever I could around me. Mm. But I didn't really have, uh, what you call, you know, uh, comrades that were someone similar age, you know, so that was always seemed to be a factor to me. I always mm-hmm. felt like a little outside, you know, mm-hmm. a little outside. Yeah. Yeah. And, and some of the older people who were there had, you know, experiences of, of being older and, and not like everybody else. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, that too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lucille you, you, Harris. I, 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 yeah. I identified more with you. I was always watching you on the outside because you, we're always, you're the Texas guy. You know, you were always outside. You, you, you sort of were a little wild, you know? Yeah. And I kind of looked up, I, I would look at you and I watched you and I went, wow, God, there is room for someone like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you get, you added life. I added life to it. And, you know, when you're up in that, uh, up in the garden there, you were in that cabin there with your, um, your wife at the time. I guess she she was your wife. Right? Yeah, yeah. D- Diane um, Goldschlag. Yeah, you had, yeah, and our, yeah. Our baby and, Kelly. Yeah, yeah. And that was just that was a wonderful thing. I don't know. You just um, there was a lot of life there. I think things have been more constrained now. They're much more constrained there and ordered. You know. Um. Yeah. That. That. Uh, maybe so. Yeah, I haven't been there in a while. <laughs> um, yeah. I always like Tusser. I always like going back. Uh, yeah. Uh, but the last time was probably about 12 years ago. I'd go in the summers and uh, wash dishes yeah. for 10 days. I loved doing it. And I loved being yeah. there. And so did Katrinka and yeah. so did Kelly. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And you thought Green Gulch was really one of your uh, places, too, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, and I should say did so you? did Clay, my younger son. Uh, yeah. You know, he had great experiences. He's a there. writer. Which, which which one is the writer? Is it Clay? Is the writer? Well, no. Yeah, Kelly, you mean, I mean, Kelly put out a book on, on uh, an anthology of poetry on mushrooms, but uh, he... He, cert- he certainly has. He's written a lot about mushrooms and fungus. Oh. And uh, they were very oh, good wow. articles. Um, yeah. Uh, very interesting. R- writing for some magazine. Uh, yeah. And, and he could, but uh, he's so busy doing other things. Uh, Living. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah he's, by. A, he's got a big. Uh, uh, tree trimming business. He's an arborist. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Where does he? He's where spoke, is he? Where Spokane. Is he oh wow! So he's up there in in Washington State too. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And, and Diane, uh, who became Diane, she's up there, and she's got a little sitting group, oh. and she just oh, she played wow. softball, and she was in a softball tournament this year. She had to go to Arizona for. One of them. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, great? I remember about 
your music, David, was too. Your music was, you know, I remember you taking your son, and I was in a punk club or someplace, and you had your son, I think it was Kelly. Yeah. Wrapped up, and he, he was going wherever you went, he went, right? Uh, well, I couldn't take you and inside I, the clubs. Uh, no, I saw you inside. You were inside some clubs. Oh, really? Oh, well, well then they let yeah. us in. They were oh, sort yeah. of outlaws to begin with. I loved the underground yeah. music scene. And I, yeah. I yeah. made a lot of underground music. Uh, yes, I know. Uh, and and uh, I've, I've, I've got one album of uh, really bizarre underground music on on uh, online and I've got nine other albums online and I'm getting some, uh, a whole bunch of, I guess you call it underground music, super underground, uh, um, ready to, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to make it into some, a few albums. Uh, it's a lot of it. Um, cause you can upload things wow. now and get them on the internet and, uh, yeah. it's fun. I have artist pages and on a bunch of, you know, YouTube, hey, Spotify what, how and do, stuff. How do I locate your, your music then? Is it, do I have to have Spotify or? No, can YouTube, I you by YouTube Apple Music, uh, Deezer. Uh, you go to, uh, you know, if you go to cuke.com and go down to the bottom, It'll, it'll, there'll be, yeah. uh, there's a whole bunch of links. Or if, if you want to hear some of the, uh, but actually the, the thing that is easiest that will take you to my music site is baliyuga.com, B-A-L-I-Y-U-G-A.com. And, um, it, it goes to my music site, which is really diffusermusic.com, but then, uh, you, you can there's a link right there to my artist pages and you can you can uh, that will take you to one of them and you can see the albums that are online and there's a okay, whole so ton of music on the site Yuga. too okay baliyuga.com baliyuga.com okay. yes that. thank you for bringing yeah. it up I'm and allowing me to make this of advertisement course. Well, of course. <laughs> well, um, yeah, no. So you, you know, that's uh, your inspiration for uh, a lot of people, and you, you know, you're creative. You know, so that's why. You know, who else is doing cute? You know, other people have come in on cute.com, I'm sure, but everybody does. It's a well, huge resource. I don't advertise or promote anything, so. Uh... I think cuke.com gets right now it's getting about 1400 visits a day. Uh but wow. I think a lot okay. of them are accidental because it's so yeah. giant. It's it's yeah. in, it, it's you know it has I don't know maybe over 10,000 files on it and that's in over 10,000 images. Uh and and what? uh what? Yeah, it, it's um I work with a guy named Peter Ford, uh, who's constantly working on it. I mean, it's like this giant machine that needs maintenance all the time. Now, just, <laughs> he just, he, we have multiple contacts every day and he's the managing director and I'm on special projects, 
but there's so much comes up, I can't get through anything. I'm trying to finish yeah. a book called yeah. Tassara Stories, but it's very hard to uh, to get to it because of everything that comes yeah. up. Uh, right now, yeah. I'm going well, over a book that uh, Mel Weitzman wrote uh, before he died, and it has a bunch of lectures of Suzuki Roshi's that he worked on. But it has, I'm going over wow. 72 pages of uh, autobiographical stuff. Uh, and uh, that's taken most of this week. Uh, and it's just, you know, wow. out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, hey, get back wow. to you. I, I, I appreciate you letting me uh, talk about all that. But uh, that's enough of that. Um, <laughs> um, so how was your relationship with uh, Richard Baker? Um, relationship with Richard Baker was, uh, I, I thought I respected him and he, um, you know, he gave me a lot of, uh, leeway, so to speak. Uh, you know, when I was at Tosahara, for example, you know, I was a voracious reader. I, I, I needed to, because I was so young, I hadn't, you know, I, you know, I, I just needed to read and read and I needed to study and get as much as I could and understand so he allowed me to stay up late at night. Mm. I don't know if he knew that. So, uh, so I, I stayed up late. So, um, like I was getting when I, so about for two of those training periods, I was probably getting about four hours sleep a night. Um, but then he, he sort of, he pulled, pulled me in at one point and he, he lectured me and he's, you know, he said, you're staying up longer, longer than you're supposed to. You know, because basically he had to he felt he had to stay up uh, until my light went out until, you know, what I mean, so however late I was up, he was up that late. Oh, baloney. So he oh, that's me. just something he yeah. made up for the moment. Oh, that's oh, OK. 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 <laughs> that's what I think. Well, anyway, he's, he's anyway, that skillful okay. means. <laughs> He gave he, he gave me hell. <laughs> you know, I was so, up. Uh, I was up like that, and I would see your light. Yeah. And, and Jed Lindy, Jed Lindy was always up. Yeah. And you know, I never yeah. bothered anybody who stayed yeah. up late. You weren't supposed to. And we had the fire watch go around and say lights out. Uh, you know, not long after the end of Zazen, you know, say I don't know, thirty yeah. minutes after that. They'd go around and see all the lights were out, and um, uh, I'd uh, I'd hide from them, and uh, I was yeah. getting four hours <laughs> sleep too. I was driven. Yeah, I was studying a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so, so Dick Baker, um, he, you know, I left before all the stuff went down. Yeah, but I do remember. I do remember feeling an odd. I was attracted to one of the ladies. I can't remember who it was that was um, sort of serving him tea. That would you know was serving his needs or whatever. And uh, you know, my, uh, his, his Anja probably his cabin cleaner. No, I can't remember who it was. It was a, a woman with brown hair, short, short shortest brown hair very gentle 
And uh-huh. I remember being attracted to her, and there was this point where we were leaving Tassajara during the fire. I think it was the fire thing. And, uh, you know, I was sitting beside her, and Dick Baker kind of came by, and I noticed her cringe or pull away from me or whatever. It was something It was kind of a – and I, I noticed it just, um, you know, and I thought, oh, okay, it's, it's odd. Her behavior changed. So it was an odd behavior because she was sort of a semi-attracted as well. So and it just became a sort of a, well, that's odd. I don't know what happened there. And then I never really engaged with her anymore. But mm. that was as close as I ever came to knowing anything, anything about him. But in terms of his character, I don't know. He, um, you know, he's, he, it, it, it's one of those characters. I guess he came. He asked. Uh, he asked uh, Jim uh, Bockhorst to come to the the funeral, and he came. So Dick Baker came to the funeral, Layla's funeral. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm thinking. So you know. So, you know. I'm so sorry I missed it. But anyway, go on. Yeah, no, no. So, you know, I, so I have, and the reason I left Zen Center and I actually talked to him about it was I just felt I had not, I didn't have any connection with people. And that's after eight years. Um, you know, I couldn't really, no one, no one really knew what my practice was or what I was doing, you know? So, mm. um, yeah. So he offered me uh priesthood. Oh, really? <laughs> he offered me. Yeah, he offered to ordain me as a priest and so on, uh, or monk. I guess a monk. I don't know how you. We never said is. monk. We never said monk. You know, but yeah. So, so he offered that to me, and as incentive to stay. But I had already made up my mind. Mm. So that was my last interaction with him. Mm. And where'd you go? Well, I went back up to Canada. Hmm. Yeah, I went back. I went back up to Canada. Uh, well, I, I moved up there for six years or five years. So that that part of the story is in um, is in one of uh, is uh, those two two little um, two little memory pieces that I gave you right. uh, that I sent you. It's in one of those, and and that's the second one. I think there was Zen more. But then there's the other one, and that one really describes my life after I left Zen Center for that six years or whatever. And then I came back to California after that. So, hmm, hmm, yeah. Um, well, um, uh, do you have do you have one of those in front of you that you could read, or do you want to tell us what it says? Um, I, I, I don't have it in front of me. Uh, no, I have to search it out on my laptop and I don't, I, I, I don't think I even have it in there. It's in, on, on some file on, on one of those sticks somewhere, but I put oh. it out. Um, all right. I just, yeah, I sent it to you. On, it's on, it's on your, it's on your site there. Yeah. I'm know. looking at it right now. It's uh okay. dot com. you know, you know how I found it. I went to cuke.com. Oh. <laughs> this is the way I used it. I I relate to cuke.com online uh, first because uh-huh. it's just so quick and easy. So there's a site search box there, 
And I just wrote Leland uh-huh. in it, L-E-L-A-N-D, because there's no uh-huh. other Leland. You know, I wouldn't write Lee. Uh-huh. You're called okay. Lee now, right? Yeah. Uh, either one, doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, so I just wrote Leland, and it immediately went to ZC Stories. Z- well, actually, it might have gone yeah. to. Anyway, I got you right away. Uh yeah. And here I am. I think it went to one link and I hit it. And I have two things from you. Zen Mores and yeah. spinoffs yeah. and spinbacks. Uh yeah. So the spin yeah, the spin-off is, is titled for when I left and then spin back is like eight years later I come back in. You know, I I can not not to Zen Center per se, but back to California. And sort of rotating around the Zen Center establishment, but not really a part of it. Uh huh. Uh, oh, here I see in this bin back. Uh, you're, this is you asking Trunkpa. Uh, starts. Oh, yes. 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 You say, yes, if you put a mirror boring. in a box, does the mirror reflect the darkness in the box? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you don't say who it is right here. Oh, no, there it is. Uh, I don't know if you use his name. I don't see it right there. But anyway, it just says, he looked at me for a moment, then turned to an attendant and asked for a glass of water. The Zen Center lecture hall <laughs> was packed. The hoarseness yeah. of a horse and beingness of a being Responses all seem to have ended with my question, oh, here it is, to Chogyam Trumpa. As a prolonged silence fell over the room, I felt a sudden and excruciating embarrassment at having asked the wrong question. Trumpa was just sitting there waiting for me to say something more. Finally, he swung back with a bored look, and after pondering me for what felt like a complete like a couple more minutes, he said, you put the mirror in the box, you figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) And then you say, this is great. I was an insect pinned to the wall. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's that's some early writing efforts there. Yeah. No, that's great. I remember. I really like them. I would say, I actually, yeah. I will put anything, anybody from back then writes. I don't even, I, <laughs> unless there's something offensive in it or if they're uh, putting down other people. Yeah. That's the only, uh, yeah. you know, I don't have to worry about a pornography with them. But every once in a while, you know, or, you know, something like that. I, I think about people's feelings. Except if they're real important people like Suzuki and Baker, I pretty much will put anything yeah. about them. Uh, and I, yeah. with Suzuki, I'm starved for negative comments about him. I always went, oh, great. This person, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so he was, he. Interesting. Okay, so so you can never find anything negative about Suzuki Roshi. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I didn't say that. I said when I find when somebody said something negative about him, I'd say, "Oh, great." And um, 
you know, I would get more right. negative about him from his family. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's all in crooked cucumber and, and very long interviews with, uh, yeah. them, uh, or on cute.com and stuff. But, um, and you know, uh, he, when he came to America, um, he was just the right person in the right place at the right time. Uh, yeah. God. Yeah. 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 It wasn't him. It, that, yeah. that was one of the whole points of Cuke Archives is it, 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 you, you know, and it, and it goes along with Buddhism's view of phenomena of the universe is nothing exists independently, right? Everything is interrelated yeah. with everything else. And, um, yeah, you and I, uh, created him in a sense, you know, we're all co-created uh-huh. each other. Or uh, we can look at it yeah. any way we want. The words always fail. <laughs> anyway, that's neat. Well, uh, yeah, it's a co it's a co evolution too. You know, it's a yeah, like you know, yeah, yeah. So I, I unfortunately never met him. I never met Suzuki Roshi, but I could see him in everything, and um, you know, I mean. Yeah, I don't know what to say. I yeah. Just, uh... Oh, hey, all right, wait a minute. Here, I'm going to read another thing you wrote. Here, this is in your spinoffs. Um, Ed Brown okay. rose out of the Soto profundity with his carbon marshmallow humor, and then several years later with his potato chip lecture at Green Gulch Farm in which somber monks handed out potato chips so everyone could experience a potato chip a moment late together. <laughs> Lou Richmond and David Chadwick gave hilarious lectures. Even the ever-serious yeah. Irishman Paul Haller picked up the baton once in a while. Yet the serious streak in Zen Center as a whole had already begun had already begun to overwhelm the old quirks and catastrophes of the past. Hey, that's really cool, man. Uh, <laughs> thanks for reminding Forgot me. Forgot I even wrote that. Yeah. Yeah. Um let me let well, me Yeah. Oh, I'm just saying let me look here in your Zen stories. Hey, but say something. If you had something in mind. No, no, I, I was just, you know, I was just remembering those moments, you know, uh, where I spent, uh, I don't think it was a whole training period, but part of one with Ed Brown. And that was one of the things we did a couple of nights. I think we uh, toasted the marshmallows over kerosene lanterns uh, after the uh, night watch. You know, oh, after the fire watch. <laughs> well, now that's interesting uh, because Ed Brown was there before me. Ed Brown was the Shuso in the fall of 1973. Uh, So that means you were there then, and you remembered coming in. Well, everybody always left in the interim. Uh, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, Ed was a very good Shuso. I I wasn't there, but I, I heard about it, and Dick would talk about it. 
No, I, I don't think I think he was there. I don't think I was there for his his shoot. I don't remember being there for his shoot there so many. I think he was. It was after you. Oh, because when you, yeah, I think he was just there uh, to to be maybe a part of some event that was going on there. Oh, so oh, I, I think see. maybe we spent. You know, I think it was just a short period that he that we actually shared the room. It could oh, have been a work period, even. I, I, I don't see. remember. Yeah, I see. I yeah, see. I can't really. It's not clear. It's long, long time ago. So, but that was a fun, and and Ed was always pretty. You know, his humor is great, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's he's um, he's got no pretenses. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's very hard. <laughs> Not to be pretending to be someone you're not. Uh, <laughs> well, I find that you're that way. You're that way too. You're not. I, I don't find you have any pretenses either. You are who you are. That's always been my impression of you. Also, mm. you know, <clears throat> you, you straight up. This is David Chadwick. Here you here you are. This is what you get. Mm. And, uh, and that was so refreshing. I know maybe that's not your own experience of yourself, but. It certainly was mine of you, you know. <laughs> mm, mm. You know, very, uh, yeah, not calculating, not a not. But I know you're calculating. I know that you think through, um, but you also had a certain candor. Maybe it's the candor. I don't. I don't remember. But something was very, you know, um, innocent and clear and clean about you. Mm. Well, gosh, I blush. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No. Out of guilt or what? (laughs) Uh, Well, um, so, um, all right, you went up to Canada for, uh, you know, five or six years, five five or six six years, and you came back um and what did you do then when you came back well I, well i that's um i think that's when i met uh jane yeah janie and Kasahara. like i came through peter vanisteer like well essentially when i was up there i was just close to burnout i was partying a lot industrial music scene you know, that kind of stuff up in Vancouver. And it was pretty heavy then. There was Skinny Puppy and all that stuff that's in that deal and Frontline Assembly. I was a part of that scene all up all night, you know, partying. And that's after my Zen period, right? So here I am trying to kind of uh, round myself out, I suppose, get Zen out of my system. Uh, so <clears throat> that was the effort, you know, was to get it out of my system after eight years to try to uh, you know, find a different a different person there, and mm. uh, uh, um, but then I I got some money together and I went to Japan for four months. Oh, how was I, that? Seen, I had leather belts, studs. I had, that was it was it was great. I had fun. You know, I, I you know I know I went to the temple that you know all about that stuff. I went to the temple in Okinawa or. Ok- I can't remember. It's where, and then, you know, I was in wait, Kyoto. Wait, 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 wait. I was in Tokyo, wait, but. Wait, wait. Okinawa? Are you sure you don't mean Okayama? 
Yes, I mean Okayama. That's what I mean. Oh, that's where and, that's you know, where I studied. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, with Harada Harada Sensei, right? Harada, uh, Harada Roshi. Shoto Roshi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he's in up in. I think he was up in Seattle recently. He went up there. Well, but uh, I went to. Uh, they have a center on, on Whidbey yeah. Island. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't been to that, but I went there with Ernie Gunling. You remember Ernie Gunling? Oh, Lord, I do. Lori, they were. Yeah, he was translating there, and so I stayed with them. They were. He was a friend of mine, so uh-huh. I stayed with them, and then I met, uh, you know, Harada's woman. What's her, what's her name? She had that place in Kyoto. Yeah, yeah, Chisan um, Priscilla. Yeah, yeah. And so I was, she let me stay at her place there for a month. And then I went to, you know, then I partied there for all two months, actually. And, uh, <laughs> bicycling around Kyoto in the middle of the night, you know, with the beers and the, and the fun times and then, uh, Tokyo and then, then went home. So huh. after that, uh, yeah. So that was the kind of getting back to the Zen part where I had, been up in Canada partying for five years. And then it's like, well, then I went to Japan to kind of get out of that. And then I realized, God, there was a lot that I had learned about Japanese culture when I was at Zen Center, just the the fact that it was a part of it. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I called, I called Peter Vandersteer and um, again, and uh, he was doing, they were taking apart the bathhouse down in Atasahara back in that. They, they took down the old bathhouse. So I was part of that. So I came down, uh, and then that's where I met Janie, was at Tassahara during the deconstruction of the bathhouse there. And um, we sort of, uh, you know, and then and we became a couple, and then I went back up, and then I came down to stay in California for a long time. And she had Taro and, and so on, and, and, and so it went. Hmm. Hmm. That's the narrative. <laughs> hmm. And I was living with her mother. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Making music. You were making music there. Yeah. That's right? that's when I was doing that underground stuff and and yeah. conventional stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And but Liz was the great musician. Uh yeah. You know, she yeah. was wonderful. Uh, she could play. Uh, I remember one time there, uh, I said, um, I'm, I'm going to go uh, take a walk down on the beach. She said, I'll come join you. Uh, just give me a minute. i got to get through this. I said, well, that's okay. a, a Mozart concerto. Uh, don't you have to yeah. practice it more? I mean, she'd just been asked to do it. That morning yeah. to come in uh, some event yeah. downtown, she said, "No, I just want to go over it once." I said, "Aren't you worrying about make mistakes?" And she said, "I don't make mistakes." <laughs> <laughs> and you know, um, I've I've got some uh, music. Uh, uh, so her and Janie uh, singing maybe. Uh, Finnish folk songs because Liz was 100% oh, Finnish, blood, wow. born in America. 
spoke spent. Her mother yeah. told me she spoke Finnish without an accent. Uh, and uh, yeah. uh, I, I was thinking about, you know, the time with her. And I'm working with uh, really good musicians here, or I did for a year, yeah. Uh, yeah. just a day a week yeah. as, uh, you know, to do something different. Uh, and I'd, I'd keep it up, but I, I, I don't have the time. And it's very cheap, but still too much. But, um, you know, I just thought I didn't take enough advantage of Liz's uh, musical ability, which was excellent. I mean, her ability to play along, she'd play along with any song I wrote, you know, and she would instinctively yeah. play the the best stuff and she could sing really well. And I just felt like I, I, you know, that was an, uh, I didn't, I, I should have included her more. I mean, we did a lot of stuff together, but um, anyway, yeah. that's just something I was thinking. Yeah, she was, she was a great person. Oh yeah, yeah indeed. We we person. remained close. Uh, and yeah. uh, Katrinka and I visited her before uh, going to India in 2011, and that's when she died. Okay. Uh, when I was in. India, so I was glad we saw her. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I was very sad. I was, like, teary-eyed for about three days. Well, yeah, yeah. No, that's, she was, um, yeah, she was a wonderful person. I, I yeah. Um, I had a close relationship with her. She really was the touchstone of the Okamura family for me. So, because yeah. I met her at Tassahara yeah. in the uh, kitchen, so I was working one one of the um, one uh, training period in the kitchen, or was it the summer? I think it was a training period in the kitchen, and she was in there as well. So we sort of became friends in a sense, and then uh, and then when I left and went out, um, I ended up playing soccer with her eldest daughter. Huh. Uh, Beth, who was, who Beth. was studying in Berkeley then. Yeah, Beth was studying in Berkeley then. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and so that sort of gave the, so when eventually years later I ran into Janie at Tassahara, then I could, you know, I was like, well, I knew your mom and I knew your sister. Huh. You know, so, yeah. So she, she introduced me to everything there, mm. you know, mm. and, uh, Hmm. Yeah. It's really, yeah. She was. Uh, this Good was time. there when I was director for a practice period. So you and she and I were there, and I used to go. You know, I was living with Daya, uh, who was Diane yeah. back then. But I would go. Uh, you know, I didn't. I I just sort of would smoke an occasional cigarette, but I would frequently go yeah. uh, after evening zazen. And go visit her in uh, her room, uh, uh -huh. and and bum a cigarette from her, and uh, <laughs> we because she smoked Camel non filters, you know. I like, but she didn't smoke a lot. She, she'd smoke one a day huh. or something like that too. Wow. You know, that might have been her only uh -huh. cigarette. Okay. A day. But you know, 
she got throat cancer. Uh, which, oh, okay. okay. Yeah, later on. Yeah. Yeah, that did her in. I mean, she didn't die from it. She recovered, but the the chemo, the the radiation uh, was so hard on her. Yeah, it's very sad. Uh, but um, I really liked her. I really liked being with her. I can still remember the the first time I saw her and Rebecca Mayano walking down the path there. Mm, more like in the late 60s or 1970, say. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I was really struck with it. She was 11 years older than me. Uh, yeah. And uh, so if she was alive now... She'd be 89. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, and when when <laughs> Diane and I decided to take a break from each other, and I took Kelly, our son, yeah. and, and the car because uh, she didn't need it in the city, and she was going to be the buyer for Zen Center. And when I left... I had all this stuff in the car and Kelly and, and she was saying goodbye. She said, where are you going to go? And I said, oh, I thought I'd go south and see. I, I named a, a woman uh, and she said, yeah. don't go see her. That's not who you like. You like Liz. Go see Liz. <laughs> and it's true. So I went, you know, you're right. And I went to Liz's house and stayed there nine years. <laughs> there you go. That's something. Eh? Uh, That's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. I remember the parties. We used to come from the city to some of uh, some of your things down down there. You no, know, not my you, you and Liz. Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah, that's before that's before I knew Jane. Oh. I, the only people I knew at that point was, I didn't know Jane. I didn't know any of the kids. All I knew was uh, Liz and and you, basically, from, um, you know, from Tassajara. So uh-huh. I was there before I, you know, ever met Beth or Jane. Or, uh-huh. Yeah. Huh. huh. Yeah. That's so. very interesting. You, you oh. played soccer with Beth, you know, Ethan. Her son yeah. Ethan was a yeah. great soccer player. I knew his coach at at uh, Dam yeah. High. His coach said uh, he could get a college scholarship uh, with it. Uh, well, it, I it, I played with those guys in Bolinas too, right? I played with uh, I played with him when I was seeing Janie. I used to play that they have the games there every Sunday. So I played with Ethan, and he, he was he excellent player. Absolutely. Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. uh That's something. Like, yeah, no, he's he's um, yeah, he was good. He's still uh, he plays music now, right? He's, he's oh yeah, in- he's got a wonderful. Uh, he's done wonderful music, and he does um, he does like music for uh, ads and. He's had stuff, you know, used by TV shows, and he's put out some albums. And a, a wonderful photographer, Ethan Okamura. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right his, There's another Ethan Okamura who does photography. <laughs> you know, uh, my big mistake in writing <laughs> and putting out things was not using my middle name. Yeah. 
because to me, David Chadwick was a very unusual name. But there's there's other David Chadwick singers, songwriters. There's other David Chadwicks who write on religion and mindfulness. I mean, now it's it's this giant, yeah. uh, you know. And if I my middle name is R E I C H, which we called Rich. It was my mother's maiden name. If yeah. I had to use that from the first, wow. it would you it it, it <laughs> there would have been no competition in googling, <laughs> but it's too late. You've been branded. Yeah. <laughs> branded. Well, it's, I even found a Leland Smithson. There's another Leland Smithson out there, too. <laughs> yeah. Now, my mother had a name yeah. that I never have found another one. Uh, she was, and it was not even using her middle name. Her first name was Adel, A-H-D-E-L. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Adel uh, Chadwick. Um, what did she use? That's actually, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, the spelling. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> so wait a minute. So you're you're back, uh, you're back, uh, in the Bay Area. What were you doing again? Oh, in here, I'm not really. I'm just sort of retired. I'm just no, no, of, no, no, no. You know, no. When you came back. In, from Canada. Oh, back. It, yeah. Oh, incidentally, before you answer that, just ethanogamora dot com. Uh, that'll okay. Do it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you came back from Canada. Uh, what sort of work were you doing, or whatever you like? It was, uh, you know, painting. I was uh, basically painting for George Chacos. Oh and, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. George moved to Mexico. George is a good artist. He's a great painter, too. He wasn't just, uh, you know, he and a great sculpture, you know. He studied uh, art, you know, and he was in New York with, in the artist scene there for a long time. Is that right? And he just, yeah, no, he, he's an excellent artist. So he, he, he built a place down in Mexico, sold his place in uh, Berkeley, and uh, he's still down there. We're in Mexico. Uh, you know, that's where they, they retired, retired to. Uh, they're on that peninsula, the Baja. They're out there on the Baja. Oh yeah. Uh, I yeah, towards the towards towards the end there, towards the the tip. Not not Cabo San Lucas, but maybe up, he's up, in Todos Santos. He might be in Todos. Could Santos. be. There's, well, there's a lot of other, a lot of other Americans around there, and uh, probably Canadians. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Katrinka and Clay and I went and spent, oh, God, I don't know how long, uh, 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 several weeks in Todos Santos, back when Clay was 12, 13, uh, and wow. other places okay. in Baja. We loved it. It was great. Yeah. And my Spanish came yeah. back to me. That was neat. So, so you, you were speak the language? You speak? Oh, uh-huh. Go ahead, go ahead, ask me a question. Go ahead. So I was painting, yeah, painting with George, and um, I was with Jane and Taro. You know, Taro was born, and um, you know, and so that's kind of what my life. I've just 
I was traveling back and forth, and I got involved in movies, movie work in Vancouver as well. So huh. um, I was painting in San Francisco. Then I went up there, and I got involved in movies. I got into the union and movies up there. So I ended up going back. Now and wait forth a minute. In what aspect of the movies? Well, I it, it's it's painting, scenic painting, scenic plastering, plastering. So uh, you know all that kind of work. That's, that's the neat. part. Of, yeah, that's I, neat. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff I do. And so in San Francisco, I uh, became a member of the union down here, and as a plastering and painting union. So that's how I made my livelihood. And um, yeah. So did, did you do any any plastering painting around movie sets uh, down here? I mean, down there. <laughs> down. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Um, no, I didn't get involved in the movies. The movies are too hard. I handed in my resume at one point. They were doing a lot more movies up there because there's a lot of warehouses that are cheap. San Francisco uh, Bay Area is a lot tougher. Uh, they don't have a lot of warehouse space that. Uh, any movies can afford, uh, you know. So, uh, no, I, I I handed it into the um, the union down here, and, and the guy said he looked at me and uh, and he said, "Well, we throw these out every month, so you know, come back, bring another one back." So it was just kind of there wasn't a lot of work, so they have a lot of people that work in the film down here. So it was basically. I couldn't really get on a show here. It was too difficult. Mm. You know, so it was just up in Vancouver. I would go up for part of the year. So I had an ideal market. I could just work here when I wanted to work here. And then when a movie happened up there, I just, there were lots of movies up there. I just go up there. Different kinds of, you know, different kinds of, yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, when you said uh, that thing about a lot of warehouses up there, that's interesting because yeah. uh, I have some very good friends, uh, best friends in Kyoto. Uh, in fact, they come here every year because they export art and cult, you know, wow. material yeah. and yeah. craftsmanship and everything from from Bali and you know Vietnam and India and everywhere. But they come here once a year for about a month, and uh, except for COVID. And uh, they've got a warehouse in Seattle, and they spend a few months a year in Seattle. And uh, the show, uh, The Man in the High Tower, uh, rented their uh, oh. their warehouse for uh, some use. Uh, wow! And okay. that was that was a far out show. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we called it well, uh, the, the show that that uh, Jay and Kyokes made. well that was also shooting in vancouver too that was up there as well Uh uh-huh so they use they use both the both places you know yeah Mm. yeah Uh, that's well yeah and then uh all right so how did it progress from from then to now well, I, I've been writing for quite a bit. Um, you know, I, I'm I basically do a lot of fiction, and now I'm doing sort of nonfiction. But I'm not, you know, I was, you know, my stuff is not, um, you know, my characters are not developed well and all that stuff. 
But that's been the sort of the stream that's run through everything since then, Center. I've done a lot of stuff. Um, and that that's the sort of side of myself that that's the artist side that, you know, um, I still struggle with. So, but it's the part. Is it available anywhere? Well, it was at one point with small presses. You know, there were small presses that I I never self-published. It was always a small press that wanted to pick me up and carry me forward. But um, you end up in the modern realm when you go sort of, and they put stuff up on Amazon, et cetera, but anyone can. Yeah. So it wasn't with a major, yeah, it wasn't with a big publisher. So you need a good publisher. You got to get a good agent. And they're always looking for stuff. Well, my stuff is a little top-heavy, what they call, um, yeah, there's a little bit too much thought involved and not enough character development or enough hooks for empathy to occur in the characters. So, yeah, don't worry about that. Um, I think you should um, just write what you want. There's a million different ways yeah. to write. You don't need to develop characters if that's not what you want to do. Kurt Vonnegut didn't. Yeah. He didn't describe yeah, characters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and, um, I'm, you could, uh, have a website. Uh, the thing about yeah. self publishing yeah. is, um, you, there's, you know, it, it, it's free and it's there and it doesn't yeah. have a monthly charge. Uh, yeah, well, I've never wanted to self publish, but you do have to get a website if you really want to get you know, soul, but yeah, but um, I don't think about that. I just think about getting it, getting it online, getting it out and, and then just do something else that, you know, and then, uh, you know, just keep adding to it. Uh, it's just sort of fun. Uh, you know, to me, uh, spending a lot of time trying to promote things is, uh, uh, it can work. Uh, but um, I think it's better just yeah. to not worry about that. And, but it's neat to get stuff online because then you can just tell somebody, just go to so-and-so, and they can get it. It's very hard to make any money selling, you yeah. know, uh, even with a no, publisher. you got to be big. I know that, too. Yeah. yeah. And there's audio yeah. books. No, You've got a good you gotta, voice. Yeah. 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 No, I know, but that that was part of the thing. It's like I had, well, I had about four books out, right? So four books um, on the sort of science fiction, magical realism, sort of uh, semi-horror stuff. And um, so they, they those were published by different uh, publishers, you know, one wow. in Toronto and there was one in back east. Uh, and those were always out. Those were out for like eight years, but... I never, you know, what you have to do is, you know, there were people calling in when a book first came out and I was a little lazy, you know, something you only get one shot when you put stuff out and people are responding or reacting to it. You have to respond to that. Yeah, that's true. And uh, yeah, so so you get a one shot deal there. And I wasn't I was so lazy. I was kind of like, well, we'll let it, you know, fly on its own and so on. But um it didn't really work. And uh, not only that, you know, your effort has to be absolutely perfect. You know, when something you put something out there. So I was sort of there's sort of a you know prolific in a sense doing a lot. 
and getting stuff out in, you know, uh, like sending out to agents, for example, just sending out to agents when something's not really finished. That's not a good idea because you get one shot with that person too. So, yeah. um, yeah. So, so, you know, I, I basically have not given up. I don't give up. Uh, in, but in terms of getting something out there to me, I have to get something out of me first. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that, that's critical. So, and then knowing why something isn't, you know, why, you know, like, um, yeah, yeah, it's hard. You know, what are they? There's a name for something that's top heavy. You know what I mean by top heavy, right? It's uh, uh, too much cognitive load. That's another word for it. Cognitive load. So, in other words, a lot of complex plotting and ideas and so on. And unless people can keep up with it, they got the character has to pull them through. You know, and if the character can't pull them through. They can't, they can't, they can't be bothered. So, um, yeah, it sounds, anyway, it sounds like still, you, you, you're, uh, you know, you know what you're saying sounds right. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know what I need to do. And so what I need to do, you know, when you wrote like your stuff is, I really enjoyed reading your, uh, the, your books on Zen, you know, your your uh, time in, in, in Japan when you were there in the monastery and so on. They're very funny. They're really great it, because you were into it. You have to have the spirit into it. So when you're in your head trying to produce something, you have to have an emotional component. And so that's where I'm at now is trying to really awake. You know, await for the emotion, the power, the, the something that will drive everything forward. And um, so that's where I'm at. You know, it's just it's just kind of anyway, uh, David, that's just uh, that's just an aside. I, I didn't mean to bring all that stuff up. But oh, uh, I think I'm just, it's very uh, interesting. I think it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, you got the creative side. Everybody's got to be do something, you know. Yeah. Um well, uh, yeah, why don't you send me a uh, list of the books you've done? Because they'd still be available as used books. <laughs> I can just, you know, I can just, uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't think, I think that one of the publishers, one, the, both of the publishers went under one of the, but the second one, actually got bought up by another publisher who has very specific things in mind. So they've kind of sidelined my stuff. But what I'll do is all you can do is you just go Leland Smith and you you can basically Google me, you know, um, uh, for uh, novels or something. Even though Goodreads has, um, you know, on Goodreads there's listings of, uh, and, you know, the books, the books are up. So you can find all that. It's still out there. You mean um, like the Imago Shell? Yeah, Imago Shell is um, was one of the early ones, and then there's one called Geomorph. Yeah, and then, I see um, it. Geomorph, yeah, Amalgam, yeah. the Bonding Twin. Uh, yeah, and then the one that you promoted on your site—it wasn't promoted; it was just that first one I did, which is called uh, El- El- 
something fountain. Uh, Aurelia's fountain. Aurelia's fountain. Yeah. So yeah. those four, those four went out there, and and you know, a lot of work went into them. So I've since, uh, well, of course, re-edited them many times, and I have new titles for them to ship them out again. So the actual publishers aren't, they're not promoting it. So I'm just going to, you know, take it out of circulation. They're not in circulation anymore. But, um, you know, so I have much bigger ones that I've been working on that are much bigger than those um, that, you know, they're so big, you know, like uh, 130,000 words or, um, you know, that, to to shape it is is uh, a real task, right? Every time you're you're working on something, I mean, if every anyone knew how difficult it is to do a big piece, a lot of people wouldn't even start it, right? Um. So anyway, those are the ones. Yeah, those are, those are the ones that that were out there uh, through small small public smaller smaller publishers. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, uh, I I understand what you're saying. Like, um, uh, I've been working on Tassara stories since not long after I came here. And I wasn't really thinking. I was just writing down things I remembered, you know. And so I wrote sort of like uh, short pieces and I just kept doing it, and I eventually had about a hundred of them. And uh, wow. <laughs> then I started looking into it further, and had all bo- sorts of notes and everything. And uh, then uh, uh, Wendy Piercig, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, it was the, the widow of Robert Piercig, did you know? It's in the okay. Art of Motorcycle Man. Yeah, he she uh, yeah. is. Uh, a, she's done a lot for Cuke Archives uh, and worked on, you know, light edits of Suzuki lectures and transcribing new ones. Yeah. And uh, and uh, wow. uh, anyway, she went, I well, I read them. I read them all in podcasts, everything I had. Wow. And uh, wow. that took like a year or something. And uh, uh, uh-huh. then, you know, uh just the act of reading them, then I, I might edit it a little. And then she edited all of that. And I went over all of that, uh, you know, a couple of months ago. And I went over, like, all my notes uh, that, you know, uh, you yeah. know, in a few weeks. And, uh, and I've been trying to get back and, and, you know, finish it up this year. I I don't think, I mean, you know, you, you were talking about how much work it takes to do something. I, I don't think I I can put that much work into something again because I'm doing too many things and I just don't want yeah, to. Yeah. So really, I think yeah. there's more important things that I'm doing and I really uh-huh. am not sure, you know, uh, how much, you know, I'd rather be, uh, uh, a lot of times uh, editing uh, uh, Suzuki uh, uh, audio from the lectures because I've started doing wow, that yeah. and, you know, taking out coughs yeah. and spaces and, you know, working yeah. with the noise and stuff. 
Uh, I really like doing that. And that is like, it, 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 it's a totally different way to spend time. It's very peaceful. And, <laughs> and, yeah. but, oh, yeah. so, you know, in terms of actually coming up with some book, which I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I can do that. I don't know if it'll be any good, but I, I should do something. I have to have it on my mind and not have other things on my mind. There can be other things on my mind uh, somewhat, but, but like yeah. I, this thing I'm doing with Mel's book now, it's taken all week. It's on my mind all the time. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. it's what yeah. I'm thinking yeah. of. Well, not all the time, but, and other things come up because I'm working with other people on cute.com and a lot of it will be very complicated. And then I think, well, I have to look into this. And for a couple of days, that's what I think about it. It's, it's like, and that's one reason why I stopped doing music, uh, which is okay because I usually don't do music. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, that it, it gets on my mind. So, um, you know, right now I'm I'm thinking, well, I got to get that that out of the way and that out of the way, and then I I just have to get away somewhere. I just have it can't. I've got to just. It's got to be the only thing on my. It's got to be the only pressing thing on my mind, and then my mind starts working on it, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's doing yeah. that anyway, but um, uh. I'm, I'm, I, I don't know if I'll be able to do it. I think so, but it's like I need to go run and hide somewhere. Um, <laughs> yeah. Know? No. It, yeah, and that's that's always what it's about, right? That uh, that you've got to almost uh, be obsessed. Uh, it's not obsessed. That's a strong word, but uh, it, you know, um, to give it its due, you have to be. That has to be. Uh, that's all you're looking at. Right. Because, right. You know, you know, every one of your books that I read is you got to focus and your focus carries through to the end. You know, it does. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying what you already said. So, um, well, yeah, that's why it's exhausting. It's exhausting. You know, I mean, it's yeah. exhausting. Um, incidentally, the podcasts, I was doing six a week and two of them would be oh. talking with people and the others would be what I call mini podcasts. Uh, uh, okay. But, uh, so now I've been this year, I've gone down to just one a week. They do not, uh, interfere with my thinking. I love doing the podcasts okay. and, and it, it's time consuming. I like we'll spend a couple hours talking, and then it will probably take me a, a few hours to get it ready uh, and get it up. And but I like mm-hmm. doing that, and that doesn't. Uh, I don't think about that. I just think about it when we're talking and when I'm working on it, getting it up. It, I'll I'll remember something uh, somebody said. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you a good thing I heard yesterday. Because I I think it was yesterday. Yeah, I talked to Lee Lesser, Lee Klinger Lesser, and and um, uh-huh. so she'll be a podcast. Incidentally, these the podcasts I'm doing now. I'm I'm a couple of at least a couple of months ahead. So it'll be a couple of months before it goes up. Uh, and okay. she was talking about taking care of Harry Roberts. Did you ever meet him? 
I, that rings a bell. I can't, I can't well, he picture would, him, though. He would Harry say uh, uh, a Yurok shaman and an agricultural advisor to Green Gulch. And he was a crusty wow. old okay. guy, I think is words she yeah. used. And uh, he was... He had a lot of students. He was very wise, uh, and uh, uh, he was he was a, sort of a cowboy. He'd been a cowboy, and he had a native yeah. plant nursery. And uh, he died at Avance. He lived his last years at Avance. Anyway, she was helping to take care of him, and he had to walk with crutches. And she said she went out for a walk with him. They'd go for a walk every now and then, and he'd say, he'd say, uh, all right. Tell me what you see. And and she'd say that. She said, and then he'd tell me everything I didn't see that I hadn't mentioned. You know, and uh, and, uh, that was neat. But then he said to her, uh, and I've thought about this a lot. I really like it. He said, uh, so uh, what do you you think about this meditation stuff you're doing at Green Gulch? He said, how do you understand that? Or something like that. And she said, well, I don't really. He said, well, I'll tell you what it's about. He said, it's about <laughs> it's about um, something like calming down all that busy stuff going on in your mind. And then you find your song. <laughs> number two is you find your song. And number three yeah. is you sing your song. Wow. Okay. I yeah. thought that was so great. Yeah, that- that is good. You know, find your song and sing your song. Calm your mind down. Yeah. Find your song. Sing your song. What a great way to say that. Uh, yeah. 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 That's that's a, that's a yeah. Yeah. Uh, that kind of beats out trying to. De- I mean, when you when you're trying to describe Shikantaza, for example, uh, you know, <laughs> it's a state that's inexplicable really but a song find your song and sing your song that's very clear to me mm. you know mm. yeah yeah anyway. uh, uh, eric garno not eric garno eric larson uh was a student of harry's oh, that, that, yeah eric larson was the guy that i went with john bales eric larson and i and john bales were the ones that Oh, another Harvard guy, right? Well, yes, that was it. I'm going to do a podcast with him soon, and uh, uh, there's some (laughs) very interesting stuff about him, but I'm not going to mention it now. But um, uh, anyway, uh, I I think he can clarify some things about Harry and Harry's teaching because he studied with him for years. Oh, Uh, did he? I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Ah, well, look, um, is there anything you want to say in in conclusion? (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, David, it's been a real pleasure talking with you and uh, meeting you again, you know, through through this. Uh, And uh, I'm really um, I'm really happy that you're still the same person you were the creative person the one that's uh i mean you're still doing all this stuff and it's just an inspiration i i appreciate knowing you so thank you for this call and um yeah that's it yeah well 
I really appreciated what you had to say. I'm very impressed with uh, uh, how you've, like, you're still working on this writing and you're still swimming. <laughs> I mean, still sw- that, that That swimming you're doing is really serious. I mean, it's way beyond what I do. Uh, you no, know. It's, it's fun. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's great. And it's good to hear about Jane and Taro and Kassar and the snow and everything. So it's been a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, All right, David. Yeah. Well, take care. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So thanks a lot, Leland, Leland Smithson. Uh very interesting, you know. I've known that guy forever. Uh, and um, I learned so much about it that way. So um, until we meet again. This is D.C. Puba of Cuc Audio and Cuc Archives coming to you from Sleepy Senor with Doggy Bandita, Feline Cuchita, and dear, lovely Katrinka. And we're wishing you and yours and all of us a grand awakening. Mm-hmm.